everyone, welcome to another edition of the Final Down NFL Podcast with myself, Jim, and Denver Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL. Dave, how are you doing, sir? Never mind all that nonsense. Give me your congratulations for winning our fantasy league. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Dave. Yeah. Congratulations. Come on, tell me how great I am. I want to hear it all. Pile it well, on. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear this. No one wants to hear you gloat. <laughs> and anyone that's tuned in is now tuned out. Yeah. <laughs> Including yeah. me. No, I had a- I had a really good week in fantasy. Um, one hour league that we're in, but I've got Jonathan Taylor, so not too and Cooper much of a surprise. Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup was around four, I think. Uh, picks that I uh, picked up. Yeah, so super, super team. Um, I would have been gutted if I didn't win it, considering that I've got number one ranked running back, number one ranked wide receiver, number three ranked, uh, number number one ranked tight end in all the games that he's played in, and number three ranked uh, quarterback. So I would have been a bit gutted if I didn't win it. To it's be been a tough year for you, Dave. It's been a tough 13 year. 13 and 1, so I'm good. Um, <laughs> but no, in my other league, I know we're opening up with fantasy straight away, but I was due to get absolutely pounded by uh, the guy I was playing. And uh, that's on, you know, the predicted points bit. And I won fairly easily. So I was quite happy with that. It's mm-hmm. a week. Cups. 30-odd points really helped me. So, yeah, I was happy with that. I've got him in my other league as well. Tough week for <laughs> stick, us mortals in the stick, stick, with, stick with what you know. You know, you do yeah, realise, no. though, right? This is this is like the peak for you. You've awesome wells now. You will never have a, a season like this again. Well, last year, or the year before, I can't remember now, I lost. And I lost on... Um, it was one all on head-to-head. And mm-hmm. I lost on points scored. So it's like, that's the worst possible way to lose. And I'd lost by like 30 points. It wasn't even like a big old loss. If I lost by a couple of hundred, you can deal with that. So I've come close, but, you know, I finally reached the promised land. So anything from down here, I, don't, I can always say I won. It doesn't matter. Anything else is irrelevant. I can always say I won a water aisle. Yeah, next year we might do it for money or a trophy or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, everyone stuck 50 quid in, didn't they? Come on, send me a winning. <laughs> Let's get on with the show, shall we, Dave? Oh yeah, for yeah. Those, I haven't realised, but Punk isn't here yet. Well, he's not actually going to turn yeah, up today. Back in court. Punk, Punk is ill today, unfortunately, guys. Couldn't make it. He sends his apologies, uh, but we will hopefully get him back next week. Let's get on. But before we, do the, before we do the review, Dave, we've got some news. Yeah. Because... Yeah, because after our last podcast, Urban Meyer got fired. Oh, he did. God, I forgot all about that. After yeah, just no, 13 games containing two wins, Urban Meyer's been fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last week's 20 to nothing shutout by the Titans was the final score for owner Shad Khan, who has had nothing but headaches since signing Meyer back in January. From hiring a racist strength coach, to having a girl grind on him in a bar, to chewing out <laughs> his coaches and players, to kicking a kicker, Urban seems to have been on a quest to get fired as soon as possible. Offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel will serve as the interim head coach for the remainder of the season, and GM Trent Balke will remain in place too for now, although Brian Schottenheimer will be calling the plays. Um, yeah, Dave, I mean, the, Urban Meyer. The thing, that you're miss- the thing that you're missing out on is also that his lawyer has sent lots of threatening letters to people that he's crossed in the time. So, Ooh. yeah, the, the big one for me was the Josh Lambeau bit. So anyone who doesn't know, Josh Lambeau is a kicker and he's, he's sort of fourth all time in, in terms of accuracy in the NFL's history. Um, he's a good kicker. He's a very good kicker. Mm. Um, and uh, the only reason we don't notice about him is because he plays for the Jags and the Jags aren't normally in situations where the kicker will win the game in the last minute so he's one of those guys who flies under the radar but he was uh, warming up and Urban Meyer walked past him um, kicked him in the hamstrings and said oi kicker make sure you convert or something like that allegedly 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 allegedly. Um, 
and refused to even use his name and just called him allegedly Kicker. Kicker, yeah. Um, to which point, yeah, Josh Landro stood up and uh, gave it back to him. I mean, at that point, I mean, that says a huge amount about his uh, management style. But you're right. I mean, there's certain in, in all sports management, we've seen huge amounts of it in uh, various different sports where certain relationships just don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was absolutely no different. It seemed doomed from, you know, stuff started leaking out sort of week three, week four. And uh, yeah, before you know it, he's he's pretty much gone. But he's such a legend when it comes to college football. He lo- and, and in terms of TV, he'll have a job to go back into. Um, but yeah, you need to give it six months or so. People, yeah, there's, there's a marked difference, it. isn't there, between the way that you can be a head coach in the NFL and in college. Yeah. It's the same thing in the NBA and in, in college basketball as well. There are there are coaches for college teams that seem to be able to get away with being the kind of draconian headmaster type. You can't mm. do that anymore. You can't do that in the NFL. You know, the even Bill Belichick's had to soften a little bit in terms of what he does with his players. Now the, the stories that come out from Belichick, for example, is he lets them do whatever they like as long as they do their job. He doesn't care what they wear, you know, what they what they do in their spare time. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's had some unsavory characters <laughs> for, on his own well, roster. I mean, Chip Kelly, I remember Chip Kelly was, um, he's a, a college football head coach. Um, and he was, a, I think it was the Eagles. And he said the difference when you were at the Eagles or when you are in the NFL, I think he went to the 49ers for a brief spell afterwards. He did. And the thing that he said was, when you're in college, you're talking to a load of kids who will do anything to try and make it. Um, when you're in the NFL, you're in a room full of millionaires. That's the difference. You know, the, the way that people look at things is different. Their perspective on life. You know, these are guys with families and a lot of the, a lot of the talk within a team in, within a dressing room is on respect. You know, you respect me, I respect you. We talk to each other in a certain way. And, and then you get a head coach who comes in and, and says the things that Urban Meyer does. Anyone who's interested, I mean, there's a lot to go through. Um, lining <laughs> everyone up and saying, right, guys, tell me what you've won. And these are, the, you know, these are rookies that you're trying to get to buy into your philosophy. And you're basically ridiculing everyone and saying, I'm the most important person in this room and you must all bow down to me. Kind of like I did at the beginning with the fantasy thing, but I do it tongue-in-cheek. Um, Urban Meyer is very much a secret. <laughs> well, you know, I'm... I'm no. <laughs> you can forgive me for wanting to boast <laughs> and do, for finally achieving something in my life um <laughs> but yeah no it's i think it's it, i think the jags are at a turning point now and their immediate success and it may well be their immediate success is very dependent on what they do now um they're gonna have high draft draft picks and the thing that a lot of people forget is not it's not only a high draft pack in round one it's all the way through Mm-hmm. You know, round one, round two, round three, round four. If you're if you got a draft pick in round one, essentially you've got two first rounders because you know you pick in first and the second round as well. And it gives you real capital to be able to either go and get a player you want in free agency or go and get players who can immediately help your franchise. Look at what the Browns have done recently, you know. And if you get the right head coach, like the Browns have done, and you get a quarterback who's competent, which you know, there's every sign that Trevor Lawrence could be could turn into that. It's certainly not at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have that possibility to be able to turn it around. But it's all about what they do in the immediate future. They need to go and get someone who is, I hate to say it, but a boring appointment. Someone you kind of just go, okay, that's 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 a good that's a good shout. There's no yeah, end of that's those. What they need. About. <laughs> yeah, not signing Tim Bloody Tebow and all that nonsense. And yeah, it's all. It, they just need to be boring for the next year or two. That's all they need to do. <laughs> yeah, just what we need is a boring Jaguar side. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> let's, let's go on to the reviews then. We have to go all the way back to Thursday night, Dave. God, Jesus Christ, what's happened with the NFL? Um, yeah, Thursday night where you know teams can throw on the Chargers as Travis Kelsey had a career-high 191 receiving yards and scored on a 34-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes in overtime as the Chiefs are starting to get white hot. Kelsey pulled in the pass with just over a minute left in regulation to give the Chiefs a tie going into overtime. He also got the two-point conversion on Tyreek Hill's touchdown. The start of the game was marred by a bad-looking head injury to Chargers tight end Donald Parham, who caught a pass in the end zone but fell in the back of his head, whacked the turf. He was eventually carted off to A&E. Justin Herbert got touchdown passes to Keenan Allen and Jalen Guyton. He ran one in himself and Austin Eckler had a touchdown for the sixth straight game. But there were three red zone drives where LA failed to convert any points. The Chiefs have now got a two-game cushion in the AFC West after the seventh straight win. And the final score after overtime was the Chiefs 34, Chargers 28. Chargers have currently won seven in a row and it's the most underwhelming seven uh, Chiefs, Chiefs. wins. Chiefs, even. Yeah, they've got a seven-win streak, and it's the most underwhelming seven-win streak I think I've ever seen. Says you. Broncos are in there. The Raiders are in there twice. The Giants are in there. I mean, come on. And Green Bay. Yeah, 13-7. Come on. Dallas. You can't be always in front of you. You can't be always in front of you, Dave. Indeed. Talk about Um, this game. No, I I think with, with the Chiefs, I think they're kind of going back to what we've seen in previous years. Mahomes threw mm. her over 400 yards. Um, completion percentage was very good, with 30 of 45, 46, something like that. Um, I still think they need a run game, and I think that's where they're going to fall short. I'm not a believer in uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You are and not. No, I've, I've been very open in saying that since the moment he was drafted. I think he's too small. But he's nearly 500 yards of um, total offense, and that's none too shabby. This is one of those games, though, that could have gone either way. And I kind of want to see this again in LA as a playoff game. Not because okay. I think I don't really care who would win it. In, I mean, Chargers versus Chiefs in the playoffs, I can't imagine anything I want to watch less. But from an entertainment perspective, <laughs> it could be one of those games that's a magical playoff game do you know what I mean it has that recipe it, you've got that X factor of two quality quarterbacks which is a shame because they're both in the AFC West um, but no this was a really really good game really good game yeah it was yeah um, but with that we're going to move on there were supposed to be two Saturday games but the Browns Raiders game got postponed due to COVID despite yeah. the fact the NFL said they would not get moved um, NFL decided to change their mind on that that hard and fast draw that they set out. I mean, most, I mean, of the 53-man roster, probably 40 of the Brown squad was out. <laughs> You'd mm. have had 11 men playing both sides of the ball, so it's not really too much of a Like the good old days. Mind. Well, once they, they changed their the mind helmets. on one of the games, yeah, once they changed their mind on one of the games, they pretty much had to get rid of both of them, so not too mm. much of a shock. Mm. Not happy about that. They, they said they were supposed to forfeit the game, though, right? It's, that's, that's on the Browns. Yeah, I can't see any way in which the NFL would make a team forfeit a game. Um, even well, they when the said Broncos, before the season started. Even when the Dave. Broncos, well, the NFL's the NFL, and even when the Broncos hmm. didn't have a quarterback, they made us play with a wide receiver from our practice squad. Um, yeah, which so is why I'd, this season they they said they put they put down the law to say if you can't field a team, you forfeit and you lose. We were not rescheduling games, but they have. Mm. Which proves I'm right. The not fair league. <laughs> the good job punks not here today. Otherwise, we'd be on a rap by now. Not fair league. I mean, no. spoiler, his team came out of it all right. So, all right. yeah, 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 yeah. But you've got to look at the next or the weekend Cummings game as well, because then there's less time <laughs> between that game and the one that's, that's just been. So, as long as player safety isn't an issue, as long as you it know, clearly isn't. 
Well, no, as long as player safety isn't affected. If you're making guys isn't play on a Tuesday night and then a sun, uh, and then a Thursday, then it becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. If you've got a Tuesday and then a Sunday, move them to the late game on Sunday, maybe in the Monday game, give them that rest. I don't see the problem with it. I think it's fine. You know, we're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Um, if a couple of games have to get cancelled for a few days, it's not the biggest thing. It's fine. Very mellow, Dave, today. I was expecting fire and thunder after what happened to you last week, uh, last season. Well, you know, I'm chilled out in my old age. Now I'm a winner. I can relax in the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. So on to Sunday, and only one game we can start this with, Dave. The Detroit Lions got their second win of the season against a team that only had 10. Ooh, wow. and the Cardinals looked jet-lagged the entire game as the Lions pounced on everything. The biggest difference between the teams seemed to be the defensive lines. Detroit was continually harassing Kyler, who had just three yards rushing, and his only touchdown came with less than five minutes remaining. The Cardinals, on the other hand, were making Jared Goff look like a competent QB, the way they were allowing him time to set and throw. Goff took the gift with touchdown passes to Amon Ra St. Brown, Josh Reynolds and Jason Cabinda. Christian Kirk got the only touchdown for Arizona before Kyler was pulled in the fourth. Shout out to Amani Orowarie, who had a beautiful diving interception on Murray. Check out that if you haven't seen it. Final score in forward field was the Cardinals 12, Lions 30. I, th- I mean, this was a game I, I very, very much enjoyed uh, for obvious reasons. I think... <laughs> What was interesting was that the Lions got a big old lead, which we've seen on multiple occasions this year, and they didn't blow it. You know, the the cards looked impotent. You know, I mean, that's something that you can obviously sympathise with, Jim. I mean, the pass rush from the Lions was (laughs) phenomenal. It has has been all season. So, you know, Michael Brockers is is still a very good pass rusher and so is Aquara. Aquara can still pass, uh, can still, you know, create pressure from the edge. So I think yeah. they're a really decent pass rushing team. And they, the, I think the, the big benefit for them is they can apply pressure without blitzing, which is always the, the sign of a good team. Um, this is what the, the Steelers have done it for years. How often do you see the Steelers blitz? They don't they go with the front four and still create pressure. It's one of the reasons they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Lions did that all weekend. Jared Goff has never lost um, to the Arizona Cardinals since um, uh, head coach, what's his bloody name? Sean McVay. No, Arizona Cardinals. Oh. Sean McVay. No. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. He, no, going he's back not to lost. Sean McVay is at the Rams. No, he's not lost to Cliff Kingsbury at all. Okay. I mean, even when he goes all the way back there, um, he's never lost against Kyler Murray. His record is phenomenal. Um, and in this game, he did exactly what he needed to do. Completed 21 of 26. Do you know what? It wasn't spectacular. Didn't need to be. No. Total lead. Keep it safe. Get first downs. Amon Ross and Brown looked like properly good. Um, he is, he's kind of putting the performances that I wanted to see from his brother when he was at Green Bay. I think mm. he's on the plaque. Can be moved to the yeah. Um, but yeah, it, is, it, was, it was so good to watch. I've watched it twice since then. Um, obviously being a <laughs> closet Lions fan but the Akabuster to kill Akabusters basically not on mine well, I, I had the Lions game there. either well I know you put yeah, the Lions I, I had the Lions uh, not in our pick picks no um, you didn't no. I had the Lions minus the um, minus the, the spread handicap yeah and the handicap was 12 and a half points so when it was 17 nil I was feeling pretty good about that handicap <laughs> I wasn't necessarily feeling so good about the Lions winning the game, but the handicap was definitely a nice buffer. But, yeah. um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think the Lions are better, significantly better than their record suggests. Should have beaten one the of Ravens. The issues, 
Yeah, one of the issues with them, I mean, they probably should have beaten the Steelers as well, nah, let's be honest. Nah, mm, yeah, that overtime might be the worst passage of football I've ever seen. <laughs> They're just littered with mistakes. A great, I think terrible. I'm, I mean, it was great to watch as a yeah. neutral. I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to be you in that situation. <laughs> no, it wasn't you know, Kicking the dog up the I could appreciate it. I could appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, I, I don't think they're a terrible team. I just think they're a few pieces away and a good head coach away and a good management team away from being a half-decent team. Um, and I think this is a good sign that actually they've got some decent pieces. And this was without the Premier running back DeAndre Swift if Swift would have been in it would have been a completely different game I mean Craig Reynolds I'll say that name again Craig Reynolds and I'm not making it up over 100 yards I mean mm. I have no idea who Craig Reynolds is I've not <laughs> heard of the guy before I'm gonna be honest I have no idea I had to do some research on who he was which I've all forgotten um I think they're all I think they're a decent side there's just there's issues with them which they need to address um yeah. and hopefully that hopefully Dan Campbell isn't there next season um and hopefully they will have be. Uh, well i hope not uh, but hopefully they uh you know they have a bit of renaissance in the summer go out and spend a little bit in free agency and uh yeah no i i think it's it's, it's a big positive for the lines of which there haven't been many this season um in terms of the cards where'd you start i think you were right in saying look jet lagged they looked you know? it no one, no one looked on it at all did they so yeah. hopefully it's I mean, the kick in the arse they needed I was going to say there's been a few of these this season. There's a few of these this week where you just look and go, <laughs> come on, guys, what's wrong? It took yeah. me back when I was watching it to watching the uh, the Cowboys against the Broncos. The Broncos at one point were 33 up or something like that. Yeah. And the Cowboys all game long could get nothing going. And it was a similar thing with the card that everyone just looked knackered. Mm. You know, it was just, it was, it was weird to watch, but satisfying. Again, but I you- like the cards as well. Maybe not mentally prepared for it, you know, just assuming they're going to come in and get the win. Maybe I haven't been following yeah. what Detroit have been doing this season, how close they've been bringing some of these games. But for whatever yeah. reason, they did not look on it at all. And the, the interesting thing is that they were arguing within themselves, um, the cards. I mean, there's one point AJ Green dropped a pass and Kyler Murray was staring him down. There was words between them and you're thinking that's normally not what you see from Arizona. But that hasn't um, really worked, has it? That, that trade for, for nah. Green. Well, he, they, he they has cost them some games. He cost them against yeah. Green Bay, wasn't it? And sometimes he'll catch the ball. Yeah. Other times, I mean, just like when he was in Cincinnati, he will drop. I mean, he was known as Butterfingers because he would just drop <laughs> the simplest pass. He would he would catch the 50-yarder, but he would drop the simple ones because yeah. he, he mentally would just switch off. You could see, he was always thinking about the next phase of the play and wouldn't concentrate on collecting the ball first. And it, he seems half a step slow a lot of the time when he's, he's playing at the moment. So, you know, just well, saying. Bucky Brooks. They, so many, Bucky so many Brooks wide receivers. Said, um, Bucky Brooks, when he, when he went to uh, the Cardinals, said that his catch Bucky radius was a, was a donut. So <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. That's true. Away from his body, straight at him. There's a big hole in the middle where it just goes through. And um, they showed a yeah. highlights package that showed all of that. And it was you're right. It was these Andy Dalton zingers. You know, going up the field, that it was is basically. I'm going to throw it off and see if you can get hold of it. And he'd yeah. pull it down. He, he was grabbing it above people. Like then, yeah, these these little sort of slant routes where he just has to run, turn, and catch the ball on a dime. They'd go straight through his hands and stuff. So yeah, his uh, that, that, and that might be the the best thing that Bucky Brooks has ever said. His catch radius is like yeah. a donut. Yeah, he's it's got amazing. a massive blind spot from cataracts or something. <laughs> just can't see yeah. the ball straight in the middle. <laughs> Let's move on. 
another look at me game for Jonathan Taylor as the focal point for the Indianapolis Colts offense as oh, they gave Mac Jones. <laughs> he's all right. As they gave Mac Jones his first away loss of the season and broke the Patriots seven game win streak on Saturday. The Colts won this one by stealing a page out of Belichick's playbook, using the ground game to chew up the clock and closing out with a backbreaking play in the waning minutes. It was Indy's first win over New England since 2009. Taylor started the scoring with a direct snap, pitching it to Wentz, who then found Naheem Hines for a score. A block punt was recovered in the end zone to help get the Colts to 17-0 at halftime. That ended the Patriots' 99-game record streak of scoring in the first half. There were two touchdowns for Hunter Henry in the fourth quarter, as New England were threatening, but Taylor bust a 67-yard run to move the Colts away. Taylor's now run for a score in 11 straight games, tying Hall of Famer Lenny Moore for the longest streak in franchise history. The final score in this one, Patriots 17, Colts 27. There's only two things I want to focus on in this game. Number one, Jonathan Taylor. What Mm. a season. 1,500 yards already in only 14 games. Yeah. 17 touchdowns. I mean, the only touchdown machine I can think of since this was... um, Ladanian Tomlinson for the Chargers because he used to punch it in so regularly, mm-hmm. and that's the you know that's the targets he wants to be looking at. You want another, you know, two or three from the remaining three games, maybe two or three per game. You want to be looking at maybe twenty fours, twenty fives. He's having that type of season. He's averaging over a hundred yards a game. The only person who gets close to that is Derek Henry. He's only played seven full games. Mm-hmm. It's it, this is one of those career defining seasons. He should be. So I picked him up in fantasy um, in the second round. I was 12th overall and I picked him up 13th. This isn't me bragging. This is just generally. So towards the end of last season, he was phenomenal. I had him last year as well. Yeah. And he was my first pickup in the second round because it snaked him the other way. Mm-hmm. Next year, he will, be everyone's, he will be everyone's number one or number two pick. There'll be your odd weird person will pick Miles Sanders first or something like that. But generally, <laughs> he will be first or second on everyone's list, probably for the next two or three years. That's how good he's been this year. That's the first point. The second point, Carson Wentz, man, completed five passes. Five passes in this game. <laughs> so he needed to. So he needed I mean, to. Come on. A ten-point win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was... I mean, you mean Matt Jones is over the other side of it going, I remember when I used to do that and win games. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be me. Yeah. But no, it was, it, was, it was a good. It was a statement win because you can, you know, the Colts have beaten bad teams this season and the Patriots are not a bad team. The Patriots are a very good, well-rounded offense mm-hmm. um, and a fantastic defense. And, and the Colts beat them at home. So you can ask no more of that very impressive performance. Yeah, I still don't believe in them. <laughs> Who? I don't think they're Colts. I still don't Colts, believe in right. Colts. <laughs> yeah, um, because I don't believe that when when you need that uh, game winning drive, Carson Wentz is your guy. I don't think he's the guy. Mm. Um, but they're they're a good regular season team to watch. I think that's fair. Yeah, ish. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But they uh, they're looking to book their ticket into the, the playoffs. Another game with major playoff implications in the AFC was the game in Pittsburgh, as the Titans were looking to set up the AFC South division. With Pittsburgh offense only managing 168 yards, you'd think that would be an easy win for Tennessee. But I knew the Steelers were in it when they went into halftime only down by 10. The Steelers' defense forced four turnovers, three on consecutive Tennessee possessions in the second half, just 10 days after getting mauled in the loss to Minnesota. Chris Boswell drilled in four field goals, and Ben Roethlisberger's first rushing touchdown in three years gave the Steelers their second win over a division leader in three weeks. 
Roethlisberger moved to fifth overall in NFL passing yards. The one and a half sacks for TJ Watt took his tallies for the season to 17 and a half, which is a franchise record. And when Joe Hayden wrapped up Nick Westbrook Akeen about three yards short of the first down marker with 34 seconds left in the game, it was over. Final score was the Titans 13, Steelers 19. Now, you say this has got major playoff implications. For the Titans. For the, I was going to say for the Titans. I mean, you've got to give credit to Pittsburgh. You're hanging on in there. You're third in your division at the moment. You're third in your division at the moment. You've got a positive win record. Um, you know, Just, yeah. you're still there and thereabouts and you have to get, get credit for that. I don't think you've got necessarily the offensive weapons. You haven't been helped with injuries, but you still managed to win games here and there. Um, yes. The Titans are nothing without Derrick Henry. He is the linchpin of their, their and offense. And AJ Brown and Julio Jones wasn't playing exactly. either. Julio so. Jones came, well, Julio Jones came in for about two snaps and that was it. But we're getting any fancy only... points. So um, no. it might as well not have played. <laughs> well, he came, he came in uh, and went immediately straight back out. But I'm also aware of the fact that we're saying this only a couple of weeks after, well, a couple of weeks after they uh, put 20 on. Uh, the Jags and the Jags did nothing. The Jags put mm-hmm. zero on the board, but then yep. you know, two weeks before that, they lost to the Texans. So the Titans are just a team that are losing their linchpin, mm. have lost their linchpin. Um, but there's rumors that he may come back for the playoffs. The Titans will make the playoffs because they're in the worst division in football. Um, I, I, whether or not, whether or not there'll be uh, it, the the only thing it takes me back to is remember when the the Rams were in the playoffs and you know they had Which their. You know, they had their bell cow running back where he was coming back from injury. Everyone was afraid of him. And all of a sudden... Todd Gurley. Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, he wasn't coming in for key downs and everyone was saying, what's wrong with him? And they're saying, no, no, he's fit. And he just mm-hmm. wasn't. And it's that it's just, it reminds me of that kind of situation where you just go in, are they going to be effective in the playoffs? And I'm mentioning the playoffs a lot now because the well, focus has to shift to, yeah, which which teams are going to be in the playoffs and which teams are going to be dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel as though the Titans will be. I wish them the best of luck. To get Henry back, the game's but changed. that's the thing. What version of Henry are they going to get back? You're right. If they get Derek Henry back and he's fully well-rested mm-hmm. and he's coming up against, you know, he breaks the line and comes up against a defensive back who's got 17 games under his belt. I know I'm fancying on that one-on-one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he <laughs> could be absolutely deadly. And in a weird way, this, you know, if he comes back a hundred percent and everyone else isn't rested and they can give him 35, 40 carries a game, they could be a Super Bowl team. I'll say that quietly because it's ridiculous. I don't think he will come back hundred <laughs> percent. But like they legit could be mm. a real, real contender. As it is, I don't think that will happen. I think what we'll do will come back, won't be a hundred percent. And um, yeah, they'll they'll probably go out in the wildcard round. I mean, he was leading the rushing stats about two weeks into his injury. He was. That's but how devastating again, it was first it, half it, of the season. It's whether or not he can come back at, at you know, at a pace that... And it's also, you're looking again ahead for his future. Do you want to bring him in and risk him for future years? Because he has a lot of carries, you know. He, mm. And once, once you start wearing that tread on his tyres, it, it affects his career long term. So... I think it's uh, it's a decision that the Titans have to make. Well, every time they've had that choice, they've always decided to run him. So this is true. But at the moment, he's he's certainly uh, being missed um, because the rest of the Titans team is just not good enough. Well, also injuries and and COVID and stuff. You yeah, know, that's so what I mean. If that's AJ Brown can get back of... over this week or next, then 
the rest help. of the team who's remaining is not good enough um, mm-hmm. because of the injuries that they have. It's the same we've seen with the 49ers last year as well. They couldn't overcome that injury list that they had. Um, the, the Titans are lose, lost their best player. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting little side script uh, for the Titans going into the playoffs. But last yeah. news I heard, it was uh, positive that King Henry may be coming back for the playoffs. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. Time to do a speed run through some of these, Dave. The Buffalo Go Bills got a win over Carolina. Running back Devin Singletary got the first score for Buffalo with one of his 22 carries over 80 yards before Stefan Diggs added the first of three touchdown passes for Josh Allen. The other two came in the second half to Gabriel Davis. Cam ran one in and got a consolation touchdown to Amir Abdullah, but the Bills eased this one. Final score was the Panthers 14, Bills 31. Interesting stat for you here. Um, mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills had a running back that ran the ball over 20 times. That's the first time that's happened in 14 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, that's not true, but... It no, be. it's not true, but yeah. I, I know you called that here, right? No, yeah, I didn't believe, actually. Believe me for a second. <laughs> they had Frank Gore there a couple of years ago. No way that was less yeah, than 20 times. You only rushed it for a yard. <laughs> <laughs> Each time. No one punched what him a yard, from a yard like Frank Gore. Oh, get on with it. Get on with it. We've got to go, no, go no, through no. the crap. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> okay, it wasn't one-sided, but it wasn't a victory for the team on the rise in the AFCs. The Miami Dolphins, that despite being down 17-7 in the first half, thanks to a touchdown pass to Braxton Berrios, and then the Zach Wilson keeper. Ex-Titan and Brown running back Duke Johnson had got the early score for Miami. He got another at the start of the second half. Then defensive star Christian Wilkins got his first NFL career touchdown with a catch that no Jet wanted to contest. There was a pick six by Brandon Eccles to tie the game up for New York, but an 11-yard touchdown pass from Tua to Devontae Parker made the difference this time. Final score in Florida was the Jets 24, Dolphins 31. Uh, I don't have a huge amount to say on this game. Um, still not massively sold on the Dolphins, and I don't think the Jets are as bad as everyone thinks they are. Mm. Um, I, they don't have a run game um, of any significance. I think Mark Car- Michael Carter's good, but obviously not fit. No. Um, and Zach Wilson looks as though he's still coming back from injury. Bonehead, a couple of bonehead throws from Tua, really, um, which is is now becoming a bit of a trend, which is odd <laughs> for him. Um, yeah. Well, he, he makes stupid decisions. There's a couple of uh, a couple of passes what could have gone for picks at the weekend, and yeah, I think he had two two interceptions as well. So yeah, it was it, the the Dolphins won a game that they should have won. So nothing more they, they did. about that they, really. They were the favourite and they won it. Yeah. Uh, next game, then the Dallas Cowboys got their turn on the NFC whipping boys and New York Giants. There was a rushing touchdown for Ezekiel Elliott, a receiving touchdown for tight end Dalton Schultz, and three interceptions of Giants backup QB Mike Glennon. That led to Glennon being benched for Jake Fromm on the final series. Fromm actually drove the Giants from the seven-yard line on the way down to the Dallas nine before seeing his fourth-down attempt broken up. Greg Zerline kicked three field goals for the Cowboys, but missed both extra points. Graham Gano was the only scorer for the G-Men. The final score in Rutherford was the Cowboys 21, Giants 6. I have nothing to say about this. I have <laughs> okay. nothing to say about the Giants. The Giants have finished, um, and I think a lot of Cowboys fans will be disappointed. They only put twenty-one on the board because this is a big rivalry: um, Giants versus Cowboys. This is one of the historic rivalries, um, and it's uh, a game that will lead to a lot of changes being made in New York. Yes, well, obviously, Dave Gettleman should be out the door before the next draft. Um, yeah. Daniel I mean, Jones is done for the a, season. Yeah, if you're a new uh, GM coming in, though, you know, you've got you've got the biggest team in New York. Um, you've got two top 10 picks. Um, mm-hmm. You've got multiple, uh, I think we've got multiple second or third rounders. Um, oodles and oodles of cap space. 
and you've got yeah. freedom to change as much of the roster as you want to. It's the greatest job in the NFL. Although there is the Mara family and they have a certain way of doing things. It's whether they want to actually impose exactly. the, the Giants way in air quotes or they are willing to listen to a new GM. Anyone, I'm willing to recently. Anyone who, anyone who doubts what Jim just said, let's just put something into perspective. The new offensive coordinator is Freddie Kitchens. Jim is 100% right in what he just said. There's a certain way of doing things. Yes. And then there's the Mara family way mm-hmm. in which they stick their head in a vat of acid and gargle with it um, <laughs> because they seem to do everything they can to prevent any success from happening. So yes, you are absolutely quite right. <laughs> if, if, if you just got, if you just got a GM and just said, look, just, just do your thing, go ahead and just crack on and do your thing and get someone smart. It might just be the greatest job in football because you've got mm-hmm. so much cap space. You've got massive amounts of talent already there and you can really build on it. And you've got no problem attracting people to come and play in New York. I mean, where everyone wants Shouldn't to play in New York. Exactly. It's technically New but Jersey. Instead, well, it is definitely New Jersey, but um, <laughs> you know, you don't have to live there, do you? There's an old, there's an old saying in New York. The uh, reason New Yorkers are so miserable is because the light at the end of the tunnel is New Jersey. That tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> Just very quickly, as I in the minute before, Daniel Jones has been shut down for the season where his neck injury has not improved. And Sterling Shepard's out for the year with a torn Achilles. So um, don't expect the Giants to have a, a late run on wins uh, as, we, yeah, as we go yeah. into the last couple of weeks. Next game. They did, get over, they did get over two wins, though. So they do. Yeah, yeah congratulations. They got, <laughs> they got more than two wins. Still in the top <laughs> 10, aren't they? Uh, the draft yeah. picks. So. Texans rookie quarterback Davis Mills won for the first time in eight starts. He connected with Brandon Cooks twice for touchdowns, once early and again late. And Tremont Smith returned and kick off 98 yards for a touchdown to give the Texans the victory in the AFC South tie against the Jags. James Robinson got the only touchdown for Jacksonville, but a fan was wide open in the end zone for that play as well. Unfortunately, Lawrence didn't hit him. The Texans beat the Jags for the eighth straight time, and the final score was the Texans 30, Jaguars 16. Yeah. I don't have much to say about this game. <laughs> okay. I was expecting kind of a, a response game from them after Urban had been fired, but yeah, I mean, Dave, Davis Mills. There was one point where you know his his completion percentage is is pretty phenomenal at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and it's I think at one point he had thirty odd passes where he'd only missed one or something like that, and that was consecutive from his previous game, so it was aggregated over the two games. Sure, um, they're building a game plan around you know giving him. Um, short routing options and it's the right thing to do they, they've come in and won three games I don't think any of us thought and no none of us thought that they'd win three games this year but they, they've been one of those teams which have already always well seem to have been absolutely pants or they've done all right you know there's games yeah. where they've been completely shut out and had barely any yards and there's other games where they've been effective um, but they've won three games this season they put 30 points up Um you know, fair play to them, well done. It was, uh, yeah, not not the most interesting game to watch. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> you don't say, yeah. I mean, Brandon Cooks at least looks like he's enjoying being the number one receiver somewhere again. So Yeah, I mean, he's had one of those seasons that I think a lot of players never have in their entire career. Um, he, bearing in mind, so in terms of total yards, he's nearly at 1,000 yards. He will hit 1,000 yards this season, mm-hmm. all being well. Um, and he's doing it you're playing with quarterbacks who, you know, Tara, Tara, and top, Davis Mills. 
yeah, you wouldn't put in the top 30 of most teams. So, you no. know, he, he's also normally double man. He's, he's, a, he's a talented guy. He's been, he's been with big teams. The problem is his, his, uh, the amount of money that he was on was absolutely massive. If he can friend, enter free agency and go somewhere for four or five million, he will be an absolutely massive weapon. Not like that's not like a cuss, like we say, Jim's a massive weapon. I mean, no, Thanks, Brandon Cooks can be a, one of those guys who can go in and really help a team, kind of like um, Antonio Brown did with um, with the Bucks. Uh, with, uh, with the Bucks, yeah, you can go in, not command that much money, and just go in and just win some titles because he's that good. He's got very, very safe hands, mm. um, and his yards after the catch are very good as well. He's been traded twice for first round picks, so did, did he win a Super Bowl with? Um, uh, Patriots. I don't Who? know if he's uh, Brandon Kirks. Oh, I don't know. I don't, don't know ask me that. Don't ask me about... You've already brought up one Patriots victory over the bloody Rams. Yeah. I don't want to remember. Okay. Uh, Brandon Kirks has not won a Super Bowl yet. There you go. Anyway. Right. <laughs> well. That's a shame. Next game. The Bengals managed to squeak a win at Mile High. Tyler Boyd with the only touchdown mm-hmm. for Cincinnati on a 56-yard play. This came the drive after Tim Patrick had scored Denver's only touchdown on the game. Big news from this one was the injury sustained to Teddy Bridgewater on the scramble for yardage. He jumped over a defender before BJ Hill gave him a bit more energy into the turf. He's also been ruled out of this weekend's game, Dave. Drew Locke mm-hmm. came in and no more points were scored. Final score, Bengals 15, Broncos 10. Drew Locke came in and scored a touchdown. So, yes, more points were scored. Um, he did not, did he? Yeah, threw a touchdown. Who did he throw I mean, to what? To Tim Patrick? Yeah, it was an aimless oh, throw Oh, was that up. to Drew Locke? Sorry. Yeah, no, it was an aimless throw up that Tim Patrick did well to catch. <laughs> um, Drew Locke came in and put in Holy a history. sterling performance that proved he is no that he is not a franchise quarterback either. The big the big issue that I got with with Drew Locke is that if a defense shows him one thing, he looks phenomenal. You know, mm. if the defense shows him a blitz and they blitz him, he looks brilliant. The moment they show him a blitz and then go in drop into um zone coverage he sort of goes panic. <laughs> that's not what you told me you liar <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you said you were going to do that you bastards um, but yeah no it's it, he's not he's not the guy um, the Bridgewater injury looked horrible like really horrible they stretched him off um, put a neck brace on him I mean I was really really fearing for the worst mm-hmm. um, Twitter was not a nice place when that happened there was a lot of people saying I hope he's out for the season so Drew Locke can come in and really wow. prove his franchise quarterback yeah I mean Twitter's a place to divide opinion on occasions and it it is what it is but to the best one in the world Twitter at times you know at Final Down NFL, it's not a real place, so I don't care. It's, it's not a nice real. place to go, but no, mm. it's but I mean, ultimately, the Bengals won uh, their first game in three or four, um, with their worst performance in three or four. Mm. Um, but it was just a bit of a game. Sorry, sorry, Dave, sorry to remind you of it. Yeah. Next one, let's move on. Let's move on. The 49ers have now won five out of the last six after taking out the Atlanta Falcons. Despite botching the kickoff, Atlanta couldn't capitalise as the touchdown run from Cornell Patterson was reversed. The Niners scored rushing touchdowns from Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel and Jeff Wilson, who had over 100 yards rushing on his return from injury. There was also a passing touchdown for Joran Jennings. Atlanta saw most of their production through the air. Russell Gage had 91 receiving yards and a touchdown, but the Falcons were outgunned. Final score in Santa Clara was the Falcons 13, Niners 31. 
James Garoppolo at the moment is having a very good season. Um, yeah. He's staying fit, which is the big battle. Quietly effective. Um, well, he's kind of doing what Alex Smith did, where there's a guy behind him in waiting, but you're yep. sort of putting up numbers that make it difficult to bring the new guy in immediately. I mean, obviously they will. Mm. Um, Trey Lance is, is the future in in uh, San Francisco. We know that. Um, but yeah, Garoppolo's having a good season so far. Um, it'll be interesting when he's in Denver next year. I think it's... <laughs> it, I, I've still got no love for um, for the Falcons. I think they're, they've got the wrong head coach. It's becoming more and more apparent. They need mm-hmm. to move off um, quarterbacks. The wrong game this week was a joke. Cordero Patterson is you know he's great but when he's getting zero protection and getting you know initiation initiating first contact behind the line of scrimmage it's going to be hard Um, yeah yeah i've not got any love for the uh, falcons at the moment i uh wish them the best of luck they're gonna need it (laughs) they are gonna need it uh okay yes that's all we've got to say about that game i suppose just never the 49ers getting hot at the right time as well after kind of a shaky start to the season do you know what they feel like They, they feel like um you know, you get that team every year that, that hits, it's normally the Patriots, that have been a bit shaky at the beginning of the season, but they're really starting to be quietly effective towards the end of the year, and they just become this freight train that just aren't stoppable. That's kind of what the 49ers feel like. Mm. But at the moment, you just feel like they've still got a slip up in them. They're still getting players back from injury, but we know mm. they've got the pedigree to get to a Super Bowl because they did it just a couple of years ago. So can't yep. count them out just yet. Next game then, Aaron Rodgers threw three touchdown passes, tying Brett Favre on Green Bay's career list of 442. And the Packers became the first team this season to clinch a division title when they beat Baltimore on Sunday evening. The Ravens having to start Tyler Huntley with DeMar on the physio's table, went with the safe option in the first half and it paid off. Two touchdown passes to Mark Andrews had the Ravens up. A rushing touchdown from AJ Dillon and a catch from Devontae Adams, even the score at the break. Rodgers found Aaron Jones and Marquez Valdez-Scantling for scores in the second half, but Huntley got them back into the game with two rushing touchdowns of his own, to be down by one with 42 seconds left. But rather than trotting out future Hall of Fame kicker Justin Tucker, Harbour elects to go for two again. The pass to Andrews this time is broken up, and the Ravens lose their third in a row. Final score in Maryland was Packers 31, Ravens 30. I said a couple of weeks ago when they went for two previously and lost, just kick the damn field goal and go into overtime if you've got any uh, faith in your team. That was against the Steelers. Yeah, I don't like pinning it all on one play. If you've got confidence in your team, go ahead and take it to overtime. I'd rather do that than just go for a two-pointer. But I'm, I'm... relatively conservative on that point of view because I've been sitting watching the Broncos have a crap offense that can't really convert anything for the past five years. Um, I don't care what anyone says. The Packers did not win this game. The Ravens won this game. I know the scoreline will tell us the Ravens, the scoreline will tell us otherwise, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. History will say otherwise. Yeah. But there were so many positives for the Ravens. Their injury list at the moment is catastrophically long. And they came out with a win. Well, came out with a one-point loss <laughs> to one of the best teams in the NFC, mm. one of the favourites in the NFC. Mm. So yes, yes, they lost the game on the scoreboard, but there yeah. are so many positives coming out of that game. Namely, having a competent backup that you have confidence that you can throw in at any point. What did I say um, last week? I said there wasn't a massive drop-off between Lamar and Tyler. I, I still maintain that a, my my point insult. was correct. I know. I. I I think Tyler Huntley is is one of the premier backups at the moment and is proving it. Um, mm. I think the benefit that you have with Lamar is that when the 
play does break down, you you know he doesn't have to throw it away. He can scramble and yeah, um, and and get get yards. But Tyler Huntley this this week two rushing touchdowns and seventy three yards. So even he's proving good on his feet as well. So I I'm that starting. No, but then you're saying there's not a massive drop off from Tyler Huntley and a previous MVP. So. You know, there's still quite a statement, Jim. Let's be honest, there's still quite a statement, and I think a, a little bit of that statement is is clouded by your uh, yellow and black blood that you've got running through your veins. So black I'm going to take it with gold, quite yeah. a yellow and black, uh, with quite a significant pinch of salt. So, uh, but no, I, I think the Ravens come out of this with more of a win than the Packers do, despite what the scoreline says. I'm really happy that uh, the Packers managed to finally cover Mark Andrews in the end zone after failing to double cover him twice in the first half to leading to those touchdowns. I thought that there was going to be a flag on the last play when they covered him, Uh Um, mainly because I had assumed that the NFL would introduce a rule where thou shalt not cover Mark Andrews. I'd I'd assumed that (laughs) was a rule change, um, that the Packers were adhering to. I like it, yeah. A little bit. I mean, there was was one point where um, Tyler Huntley set off running and was blatantly rushing and tucked it under his arm, looked up, was still behind the line of scrimmage, saw Mark Andrews standing there on his own and pulled the ball out from his arm to then throw it to Andrews. So he'd made the decision mm. to run and then saw Andrews had so much time and went, actually, I'm not going to run. I'm going to throw it. <laughs> yeah. And had time to be able to do that. And that's phenomenal for someone to be in that much space. Mm. And bearing in mind, Mark Andrews is not a speedster. He's, you know, he's a, a no. big old tight end. He's not a lump, obviously. Um, but no, he's 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 a guy I was championing out of the draft. I'm still a massive fan of his, and uh, he's got this natural sort of knack and ability to sort of play halfway between the slot and out wide, which is uh, yeah, good for the good for the Ravens because let's be honest, they they've not got him. a huge amount else. Yeah, Marquise Brown's good, but he's dropped off in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, um, on your fantasy team, isn't he? Marquise Brown. Yeah, I, yeah, I I think I picked him up in in free agency. I don't think I drafted him. Um, same <laughs> same with Gronk as well. Brown. No. Let's move on. The Burn It With Fire game came on Sunday night primetime as the NFC South showcased the Saints at the Bucks. In a game where Taysom Hill looked truly lost, he still ended up being the better quarterback rating than 44-year-old Tom Brady. That means that the praise should go to the New Orleans defense who actually got pressure on Brady and sacked him four times, forced a fumble and picked him near the end thanks to CJ Gardner-Johnson. Marcos Calloway had a decent-ish game for the Saints, getting 112 receiving yards, and Brett Maher got all the points off his boot. It was the first time Brady lost to an opponent that didn't manage a touchdown. The final score was the Saints 9, Bucks 0. I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> legit, I don't even know where to start. Do you know what the Saints should do next year? Use this as a template, spend all of their money um, that they've got in, I mean, it's like 80, 80 or $90 or something. That's that yeah, basically yeah. all they've got left. Spend all of that on getting a competent, QB who doesn't make mistakes and can throw 10 yards and all you need to do is throw those little balls to Alvin Kamara throw those little balls to anyone who can play in the slot go and get Cole Beasley if you want to you know just some, someone who can stand 15 yards away from him and just get open a little bit and yeah. um, you know that that's go all nuts. they need to do and have a quarterback who can rush it every now and again and bring Taysom Hill in for little gadget plays if you need to oh there's there's nothing significant that they need to do if they have a defense that can play in the way that they did in this game. Their their constant pressure from the middle was outstanding. I've not seen 
pressure like that from the Saints in a while. Um, Cam Jordan might just be the most underrated um, defensive tackle or defensive end who will rush from the centre in the league. Um, he, he, he was absolutely outstanding in the game. He, this was a lesson in how to play the Bucks. It really was. Yeah. Another quick... Was, was, was so this I was going to say another stat about Brady. This game yeah. ended Brady's streak of 255 consecutive starts, including playoff games, without being shut out. <laughs> You're loving this, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I love it. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, is this, was this the one where there was... Uh, I think the quarterback throws it to a wide receiver who then grabs the ball, turns around, looks, and then throws it out wide. Was that in this game? I remember seeing it as a play, and I can't remember if it was in this game or not. But there was one particular, if it wasn't in, and uh, there was a, a forward pass, that. which was then um, caught. I'll, I'll try and do a little bit of research while we're talking. But <laughs> it was the play of the week, and I can't remember what bloody game it was in. I thought it might have been the Saints game. Not sure. I'll Check it out. now, because I need to tell the, the listeners that Bucks wide receiver Chris Goldwyn's out for the year after tearing his ACL in the game. Also, Leonard Fournette was injured, mm. and the Bucks are looking to add Le'Veon Bell to the roster. That's if he isn't fighting Jake Paul, obviously. Um he might be able to get a couple of games in there, but yeah, they're hoping Leonard Fournette so, isn't quite as bad as they think. But yeah, yeah the uh, the the Chris Godwin injury is worse than it sounds. Um, yeah. That's really really bad news for him. He was playing on a tag this year, um, so he right. enters free agency coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, that's really really bad news for him because rather than being able to go somewhere and command, what's his market value? What would have been his market value if he stayed fit? 13, 14, 15 million? He's probably <sighs> going to be looking at about seven or eight now. I would have said um, 10 plus, let's say that, as a conservative. Yeah, between between 20, 10 and 12, maybe 10, 13, yeah, something like that. I mean, someone will pay that. I mean, it would be the Jets or something, but someone will pay it. Um, but now he's going to be looking at sort of seven and nine, seven, eight, nine, something like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. genuinely cost him a lot of money. Um, but on the plus side, he might be able to get a lot of that money guaranteed. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a big blow for him. And he, that's one of the reasons, if anyone wonders why no one likes playing on a franchise tag, is because if you get injured during a franchise tag season, you're screwed for the following year. And that's basically yeah. what's happened to him. Yeah. So, yeah, unlucky. Tis, next game. And in the game that was supposed to happen on Saturday, the Las Vegas Raiders got the win to stick it to the league over the COVID-riddled Cleveland Browns. The Browns were without quarterback Baker Mayfield, head coach Kevin Stefanski, and several other prominent members, um, including top receiver Jarvis Landry and edge rusher Jadavion Clowney. Third stringer Nick Mullins seemed to have the game won for Cleveland after finding Harrison Bryant in the end zone. That and the rushing touchdown from Nick Chubb in the third, plus Greedy Williams picking Derek Carr, not that this was another loss for the Raiders, but the defence forced a three and out, Derek Carr came back in and got them into field goal range. Daniel Carlson made his third kick of the night to give Las Vegas the win, throwing another touchdown catch from Brian Edwards, and we should have a happy punk, although he's not here to really grin about it. The final score was the Raiders 16, Browns 14. I'm going to quote one of uh, the great thinkers of the modern era, Mm. um, Punk Raider. You people must be out your damn mind. His surmise of this game (laughs) was... Well, that was underwhelming. His team won, and his, his actual words, and I'm reading them now, was, well, that was underwhelming. Yeah, there's he nothing more you need to know about this game. That's what he yeah, wants. There's nothing else you need to know about this game <laughs> other than the biggest Raiders fan I know said, that was underwhelming. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, one of a bit of news then <laughs> is that Brown's pass rusher and former first round pick for the Falcons, Tack McKinley, tore his Achilles and is done for the season. So the uh, injuries just mount up there in Cleveland. 
Yeah, that's it. Uh, the official Monday night game was an even more difficult to watch encounter. This time it was the Vikings at the Bears. Kirk Cousins was bad in this one, only completing half his throws for 87 yards. 47 of them went to Justin Jefferson, who also had a touchdown. Emir Smith-Marset got the other for Minnesota. For the Bears, it was good to see Fields back and throwing it. There were several players out with COVID and it showed Chicago committed nine penalties for 91 yards and the Vikings recovered three fumbles on the way to their second straight win after back-to-back losses. Jesper Horstead was given a very generous touchdown as time expired to give the Bears more points than three, but not enough to make a difference. Final score was the Vikings 17, Bears 9. Vikings, Bears, uninspired. NFC you North. know, the, the, Viking, uh, the Vikings are currently the seventh seed in the NFC. The yeah. Seventh seed. They're a playoff team. Yeah. That is outrageous. <laughs> The thing with the NFC, right, is there are, there are a couple of teams that are right up there. You know, they're kind of yeah. 10 wins, that kind of thing. There are a couple of elite teams. But there's a yeah, massive Rams, drop-off. There's not Cardinals. really a, a B tier in the yeah. NFC. It's just an A tier and then a C minus tier and a D tier, yeah. basically. And there's a, yeah, bit, of a I mean, bit of an E the, in there as the well. The seventh, seventh ranked team in the NFC is Minnesota Vikings. Seventh ranked team in the AFC is the Buffalo Bills. Now, yeah. take your pick over which one of those two is uh, is the best. So, yeah, there's a significant <laughs> drop-off in the NFC. But I can't believe... When I saw the stat that the Vikings were still in the playoffs, it properly blew my mind because they are pants. Well, they've got... Exp- they can do anything at any time, Dave. Mike as Zimmer. we've always said. Mike Zimmer. Mike <laughs> well, they can certainly lose at down, any time. When it comes down to the crunch moments when you need to rely on... Uh, a great play, a great move from a quarterback, a great call or something. They don't have the X factor. They don't have that thing that the Chiefs have. They don't have an Andy Reid. They don't have a Patrick Mahomes. They don't have a. They don't have it. Whatever it is, they don't have it. <laughs> and you yeah. know I'm right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. No, I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings as well. <laughs> um, but no, they just don't have it, unfortunately. So there you go. But they do have the win. So there you go. So to against the Tuesday the night games. So to the, yeah, against the Bears. So to the Tuesday night games, guys, and the rescheduled NFC West match with the Seahawks at the Rams. Let's ignore the three or first half and just get right to the second where DJ Dallas got the first and only touchdown in the game for Seattle. And they replied with two touchdown passes to the man that can't stop scoring Cooper Cup, who also broke Isaac Bruce's single season Rams reception record. Stafford became the quickest breaker of 50,000 passing yards in NFL history, and the Rams get the sweep over their division foes. Final score was the Seahawks 10, Rams 20. Yeah, as I was saying earlier on, that you know we're seeing an amazing season from uh, Jonathan Taylor. We're, we're seeing a similar reception uh, season from Cooper Cup. Currently 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, also in my fantasy team. Um, yeah, he's sort of taking that next step that we knew he was always capable of. Um, He is, at the moment, the best receiver in the NFL. Not necessarily in terms of talent, but purely in terms of his current output. Um, I don't think, if you would say, pound for pound, who's the number one receiver in the NFL, I don't think even Rams fan would say that he is number one. Um, But certainly in terms of output at the moment, no one can touch him. There's only two. There's only two wide receivers at the moment who've got double-digit um, touchdowns. Oh, sorry, there's four. Um, one's Adam Thielen, uh, Mike Evans, who only catches three yards, uh, three yarders from Tom Brady in the end zone, uh, and then there's Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. 
That's it. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup's got 14 at the moment, but he's absolutely dominating all of them in terms of yards. He's got more receiving yards than Mike Evans and Adam Thielen combined. That's how good a season he's having. Yeah. Stafford is definitely focused in on him as his, uh, his go-to guy. But there are oh, some yeah, not people he targets. Well, I mean, Van Jefferson's having a pretty good season. Yeah. It's only his second. It's his sophomore season, isn't it, for, uh, for Van? Yeah, no, he's. Yeah, I think he looks like a, a good, solid second receiver. Um, a good game for Sonny Michelle as well, the guy they traded for from New England at the running back position. He seemed to run angry. So, I think as well. The, yeah, uh, the Sonny, Michelle, we Sonny Michelle was a first-round pick by um, the Patriots, and I think yeah. he was he was a bit of a victim of that because when he was picked first round, there was a lot of, oh, that's a bit rich, and I think a lot of people expected a huge amount. He's still winning touchdowns in Super Bowls. He got injured as well. So, yeah, he had a couple of bad injuries, but it just never really happened for him with the Patriots. But I think he's a perfectly good running back. I've got him in a couple of my fantasy teams, but he just mm-hmm. he has those key plays where when you need a third down, he'll get your yards. He's kind of like a Rex Burkhead, but significantly better. Well, he'll kill himself for a, for a third. Yeah, he'll kill himself for a first down. But he'll give you everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think the Rams. It's not a coincidence that Cooper Cup, you know, has his best season when he's got a significantly better quarterback than he had last year. You know, that that's not that's not by accident. It's by it's by design. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, again, the Rams winning this game is not too much of a surprise. No, no. Um, and, so uh, yeah, it's Rams Rams versus Vikings next as well, which will be interesting. They'll all be interesting this this weekend coming. So the final no, game no. of Week 15, and despite the game getting pushed back 54 hours because of Washington's coronavirus outbreak, the delay did not allow starting quarterback Taylor Heineke or backup Kyle Allen to clear protocol in time to play. Garrett Gilbert, who signed on Friday, completed nine of his first 13 <laughs> passes and finished 20 of 31 for 194 yards. That's, that's pretty decent. After a freak interception where Dallas Goddard's drop catch managed to bounce off his heel and into the hands of Landon Collins, Washington was found themselves crazy. Washington found yeah. themselves up 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And that goes against Jalen Hurts. So just when you start yeah. quoting interception records, remember these kind of things well, happen. Well, this is why Peyton Manning said that tipped passes should not count. They if should not you, count. If, if, some, if someone tips a pass and it's gone for an interception, it shouldn't count against me. Exactly. You, if you should have bloody caught it. If you've thrown it into AJ Green's numbers on his chest and it's bounced up and it's gone to someone else's hands, that is not your fault. Anyway, anyway we've completely the, derailed the counter, the counter argument to that is that last season there was a lot of tip passes which were intercepted for Drew Locke. But I mean, to be honest, <laughs> most of the receivers did well to actually tip the, well, most of them tipped the, did well to actually tip the pass. It was 15 yards away from him when it started. So uh, it, does, it does go both ways, just, just to say. Anyway, that went to the hands of Landon Collins. Washington found themselves up 10-0 at the end of the first quarter. Antonio Gibson with the touchdown run. But the Eagles were able to move the ball down the field with Hurts back. Two touchdown sneaks for Hurts put the Eagles in front and also gave him the single-season franchise record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback with 10, beating Michael Vick. Hurts then found Greg Ward on a 19-yard touchdown catch. Jarrett Peterson got a consolation touchdown for Washington, but the injuries were just too much to overcome. Final score was the Washington football team at 17 Eagles 27. Not buying it. Not buying the Eagles yet. <laughs> you will never buy the Eagles. No, no, you will no, never no, buy no. them. You go on like I'm <laughs> Even if I gave you a gift hate. card for free Eagles, you would not buy them. You would not go and what, like, ca- cannot cash in that card. You would not do what, it. Like a free Eagle like the, the actual bird. I don't want an Eagle. Where am I going to put him? <laughs> Come on. Okay, it um, doesn't matter because you wouldn't take him. <laughs> <laughs> can I not just have a Washington football team instead we just I don't understand I don't understand it but there we go you know I think you just don't want to be no. wrong I'm, no 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 it's not that I think 
the Eagles are a very good team. I, I have nothing against them. I just don't think that Jalen Hurts is the answer. Um, and I, in easy games where there's not anyone to really apply any pressure, he looks great. And there's nothing wrong with and that. And they do Having apply a... pressure. He's one of the few quarterbacks that can get out of it. Okay, he's good at rushing. I'm not. I'm not gonna. When I'm when I'm saying applying pressure, I'm not talking the physical blitz from a defensive line. I'm talking apply pressure in terms of game circumstance, game winning drives, and you know this ability this to turn it on full when you season. absolutely need to. And that's fine. But I'm still not seeing that je ne sais quoi that you want to see from a quarterback. Um, he made some great I, throws in this game, Dave. I mean, the the comeback run from Devonte Smith when he managed to get both mm. feet down. I mean, that was a play where Jalen Hurts could have just put his head down and run for seven yards, but he stayed along the line, found the throw, and got it complete. You know, he didn't throw it out of bounds. He didn't, you know, he just put his head down. He found found the receiver that he wanted to find and got picked up a first down off it. These so are kind of plays that you, most quarterbacks don't make. So many of his passes were little dump offs, and Washington were having to sort of press uh, press man coverage high, so they they couldn't play with a single high safety, let alone double high, two high safety. They had, they had to really press the field, and because of that, he opened up downfield. So you know, he that's for the game off. plan. Yeah, yeah, you throw, but you can also do that when you're playing against uh, a fifth string quarterback who's only been in the building for four days who has no well, idea about the game plan, and you know there's virtually nothing coming back. You you know, yeah. you can do that. Anyone could do that in that circumstance. So all it was happening, you know, you, you were seeing these dumping little passes that were going off, and then they were having to press up the field, and then a post route, which I'll still maintain is the easiest throw in football, were, was going down the field for 40 yards. And it's like, yeah, great. You're not proving anything. <sighs> this, this, was, this was a professional boxer fighting a journeyman. And I'm still, right. not, still not buying it. Philadelphia Sorry, got 238 mate. yards rushing in this game, becoming the first team with 175 plus yards on the ground in seven consecutive games since the 1985 Chicago Bears. That's also the first in Eagles franchise history. So, just another quick stat in there for you about how that good they're rushing, rushing. That the says more about their franchise history than it does about everyone else. So <laughs> let's just go on with that. <laughs> and with that. With Tom, that, thank you very much, Dave. In cheek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have we have finished the review of all the week fifteen games. Thank so God. it's time to yeah, I know there's a lot of them. Well, we've no, no more bye weeks, so we're moving on to the week fifteen wrongens, Dave. These are the picks that we made. Um, me, you, Punk, and last week it was Finn, who is a Seahawks fan. Thank you very much, Finn, for putting in your picks. It wasn't an easy week though for us. Um, let's go with the person that won the week. That was Punk. Uh, he hell. went. He went eleven and five. Bloody hell! Eleven and five. Uh, second was me. I, I came in ten and six. Dave, you went nine and seven. That's and, bad, man. And Finn went seven and nine. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of times. Uh, I mean, he was with us on a lot of them, like Bears, Broncos, Patriots, Cardinals. Um, the only time we didn't hold his hand was with the 49ers Falcons. That was the only time he was out on an island on his own. So it just didn't work out for him. But um, what it means is that if I look at the table, Dave, you're on 140. Punk has moved up to 135 with that 11 point uh, swing. The people have moved down to 134. 
and I'm just about ready to make my move on 131. <laughs> so uh, we're running this uh, competition, the Pod versus the People contest, with PlayActionPools.com, the newest and best office sports pool hosting platform. We're able to enter our picks each week, then look on in disbelief as the Lions get a win over the best team in the league. If you want to use PlayActionPools to show off how much better you are, then don't forget to use our discount code TFD for 10% off and help the company move forwards. They've also got this Build Your Bankroll feature that operates like a virtual sports book. That allows you to choose the games you want to pick and determine how many points you're willing to risk on each game. We wholeheartedly endorse these guys, so make sure you check them out at playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com. And with that, Dave, we're on to week 16. Mm. Week 16, which means three weeks to go of the regular season. Yeah. Uh, we have a new challenger for the people. And is it Bill? Is it Bill? Who's Bill? Bill? Wasn't there a bill last year towards the end of the year? I don't know, it might not have been. That was me picking it. No, it wasn't. Bill? Carry on. <laughs> bill. It, wasn't it just popped into my head that he hasn't done it yet. I'll have to look. I'll have to look who we did last year. Carry on. Who did, yeah, tell me who did last year, Dave, because we've still got two weeks I'll to fill. Um, yeah. I've brought in a bit of a ringer this week because I feel this is a really tough week. So I've brought in a guy that was undefeated last season, and that is Chief Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. really built up then. I was really built up for something special. Another AFC West fanboy. Then, then you bring in a Chiefs fan. Great. I do bring in a Chiefs fan because Mike, Mike outdid you every time. So that's <laughs> what it's uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what's important? Yeah, what destroyed him in fantasy this year. That's all that matters, son. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Chiefs underscore Mike on Twitter. Uh, he is a guy that knows his stuff when it comes to predicting games. So let's see what we all come out with in the picks this week. We're starting on Thursday night. So very soon, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Tennessee Titans. So this was a difficult one to pick. Um, very. I, I think from, if, if, if all, all is well in love and war, I think the, uh, the 49ers win this. But as we know, traveling from west to east is not easy. They're used um, to it, right? They do it a lot. They are. I mean, they do. They can't really. <laughs> they can't do it. They can't go any further really, west. They so. can't really go west, can they? Let's be no, honest. No. Um, but no, I, it, it's a tricky. It's a tricky move. Um, but I just, I, I favour the 49ers by like one percent. I think it's a really, really tight game. Um, but I haven't, you know, what I've said about. Jimmy G and what I've said about the Titans, I think I'd sound a bit ridiculous if I went for the Titans this week. So I have to side with the 49ers, I think. Okay. Well, I've got Mike's picks here. I've got Punk's picks here as well, despite his, his illness. And that means it's a sweep for the 49ers as far as everyone's concerned on Thursday night. I feel Saturday. less ridiculous now. <laughs> Saturday's Saturday. Christmas Day, isn't it? Saturday's Christmas game, Day. We've games got... on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Yep. We've got... We've got two games. The first one is the Cleveland Browns at the Green Bay Packers. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, I've they all might the have some players back for, for Cleveland. Yeah, but I just don't want to watch the Browns against the Packers. Where is it? In Green Bay. Oh, God, Green Bay. I'm not watching that. I'm going to watch the Christmas what? episode. I'm going to watch an old rerun on UK Gold or the Vicar of Dibley or something. There should be a Bond um, film on or something. Or a, I don't a like Bond game. films. I've never seen The Great Escape. I'll watch Legit. that then, Dave. There never you go. Seen the... I'll do that, Jim. I'm going to watch The Great Escape instead. Um, I'm going to go Packers. The main reason I'll go for Packers is because I think everyone else will. 
Oh, they have, yeah. It's another sweep for the Packers. Yeah. Next one, though. How about this one, Dave? It's the Indianapolis Colts at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Cards are a very, very good team. And the time yes. to bet on a good team is when they've just been spanked. Yeah. And there is no spanking in modern history across <laughs> all sports. There's paddlings. And then there's paddlings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, that's a paddling. And yeah, yeah this, this was a major embarrassment. So I am going to go for the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Well, there's an island here inhabited by just one man. He's very ill. Not me. There's no way it's me. He's very ill and his name is Punk Raider. He has gone for the Indianapolis Colts. I can see. So, it is, I don't think it, that's not a ridiculous call. It's not, not at all. Not, I was going back and forth on this um, one. But yeah, no, I, I think the Cardinals, the Cardinals being at home. I mean, the fact that they're, you know, half a point favourites says yep. a huge amount. But yeah, I, I, I think you have to side with the Cardinals on this one. If the Cardinals get absolutely tonked, it wouldn't shock me either. Um, because, you know, that whole saying of forms, temporary class is permanent. Mm-hmm. Form's real, man. Form is real, tangible, <laughs> has its own feelings and growth hormones. It's it's a real thing in the NFL. Momentum does help, yeah. But I, I think there's going to be Not a reaction from the Cardinals. It's going to be a very tight game. It's going to be a one that you're going to turn off the Great Escape to watch uh, this game. But there you go. On How to... long is the Great Escape? How long is it? <laughs> well, it's pretty hell. great. <laughs> For a while. No, I wonder how long it, it is. That is, long. It, is it over three and a half hours? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not a David Lean film. Uh, <laughs> Boxing Day, Sunday, December 26th. We've got a slate here, Dave. We've got the Detroit Lions hot off their win at the Atlanta Falcons. Just I'm lost. doing it, you know. I'm doing it. You're doing it? You're not doing it again, are you? Oh, no, I am. Absolutely. <laughs> of course I'm doing it. You're My... doing it? The love of the second love of my life, the Lions against <laughs> the dog above your wife and child. Horrible, yeah. worst. Oh, I forgot about them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I've, <laughs> no I've, I forgot about Nottingham Forest as well. I'll put them to wife and child can come, come joint fourth. <laughs> um, actually, no, they'll come fifth behind a 12, a 12's fourth. Oh, 12's um, that good. Yeah, you're right. I'm just not feeling the Falcons at all. I don't. I have, I've got no like confidence that they're. Yeah, I don't need to say anymore. I'm going with the Lions. I think the okay. Falcons are absolute rubbish. Well, we've got a 50 50 split here, Dave. So someone else is. Just, let me guess. Your, so you're thinking about I, I don't think you would have gone for the Lions. I don't think you've got any love for the Lions, really. <laughs> punk, def, punk tries to be different, though. So maybe I'm going to go Punk. Punk's gone for the Lions. You are incorrect. Ah. Uh, it's actually it. Chief Mike that has gone for the Lions. So I've always said he knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Punk and I have gone for the Falcons. Let's just put it out there that, okay, Why? yeah, the, the Lions have been unfortunate in some of their games. They've also laid some bloody eggs in some of their games. And yeah, you know what happens, Dave? If you're a terrible team and you get an amazing win, you are drunk off that win for at least a week. And that can you sometimes affect you going into the next one where you're like, well, we've just proved ourselves. Um, they're I've not going to have a winning the season. They're not, yeah. not going to hit the playoffs. So, exactly. They've probably done enough. So, I'm not expecting a massive game. When you go through their record, especially away. Though, they, they've lost a lot of close games. You know, really close games. Yeah, but I think um, the Falcons have got a chance to score a few more touchdowns at home. Um, they're a bit unlucky. Some of their throws, like Kyle Pitts, got the touchdown pass broken up. And mm. Cardinal Patterson, again, is a bit of a game changer. So, that's just just hands up. That's why I've gone for it. I'm thinking Punk is maybe the same or at least similar. 
uh, in his thinking. Let's move on to an uh, AFC North matchup, which is the Baltimore Ravens at the Bengals. Easy. Oh, yeah? Ra- Ravens. Ravens? I Listen, man. <laughs> I've just seen the Bengals up close and personal. And you just thought panned. the Ravens won a game as well, didn't you? So. Yeah, yeah, well, they did. Um, <laughs> in your mind, scoreline. I don't care what the scoreline. The sure. thing is, you know, I'm right as well. You're listening to that guy. And he's he's bloody not right. He's certainly not right. I mean, right. Right. Um, no, the Bengals were pants against the Broncos. Um, still won the game by, but scored 15 points. I'm just 49ers. 49ers forgetting this is Ravens, this is a Ravens. divisional matchup. The Bengals don't have mm-hmm. to turn up for the Broncos. They will want to turn up against a division rival like the, the, the Ravens. It's another 50-50. It's another 50-50. So someone else has gone with well, you, you with you the Ravens. You definitely haven't gone with the Ravens. So I'm gonna <laughs> punk, punk gone Ravens. You wouldn't pick the Ravens in a month of Sunday. You wouldn't pick them if they were playing the Wagwars. What are you talking about? I've picked them plenty of times this season. Yeah. Well, you, you're wrong again, Dave. It's not you. It's Mike. Again, has gone with you and has picked the Ravens. Punk and I have picked the mm. Bengals to win at home over the Ravens. So there we go, 50-50 split. The yeah. LA Rams are at the Minnesota Vikings. Rams. That was quick. What do you want me to say? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Um, there is an island for this game. So someone has actually gone for the Vikings. Um, that, that's an admin error. No one's gone for the Vikings. <laughs> uh, I've gone for the Vikings. You idiot. Well, possibly, but they're playing at home, and as good as the Rams are, I mean, this is all just hot air. Stafford hasn't hit 300 yards in a little while. They lost every game in November because the Vikings can do anything at any time, and I think they could just about get a win at home against the Rams. Are there you we go. Honestly, saying, Dave, I'm so far behind. I need to make up some bloody points. I've got nothing I mean, to lose at this point. point. I am the Joker now. Yeah. I've got nothing you're to really lose. Point. So the uh, (laughs) the AFC East matchup sees the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. What did I put for this? Because this is a really, really difficult game. This is a difficult game. Oh, I might change my mind. I put Bills. Why did I put Bills? No, I'm going Patriots. (laughs) You want me to tell you what? No, I'm going Patriots. You're flip-flopping over to the Patriots. Okay. Why are you going to the Patriots? (laughs) <laughs> um, they won the they won the last game between these two, throwing it only three times. Um, the Bills are no mm. better at stopping the run. I mean, that was like a fortnight ago. Um, the Bills are no better at stopping the run. <laughs> was, um, I'm a massive fan of Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I think he's one of those downhill, angry runners. Um, yep. He reminds me a bit of sort of Baby Beast Mode. That's my new nickname for him, Baby Beast Mode. Just decided on the spot. Um, and he's only going to get better. He's going to fill out as a as a man. Um, he's still a rookie. Still, you know, twenty two years old. Yeah, um, I've definitely filled out since I was twenty two years old for different reasons. <laughs> Mostly because of number four on my list, the twirl. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think the Patriots just out coach the Bills, um, and it's in Foxborough as well. So yeah, Patriots. It is. Welcome to an island, Dave. It's called Patriot mm. Island. As really? the other three of us have gone for the Bills. You see, I think they're just popularist. You're nothing more than Boris Johnson voters. You vote for the nice shiny <laughs> thing in the middle without actually looking at what is put the, in front of you in terms of the, facts. You've said a lot of horrible things on this podcast about me, Dave, but that might have just cut the worst. <laughs> you know, um, I'd rather eat my own thumbs than vote blue. Um, <laughs> no, I think maybe 
uh, first of all, I don't want to vote for the Patriots to win this game. But secondly, I think the Bills might have just tricked me by having a lot more rushing yards in the last game. They actually probably used Devin Singletary and they got a touchdown. And, 14, yeah. and they established a run, which then allowed three passing touchdowns. So I'm hoping that they have looked at that game that they did themselves and went, oh, that kind of worked. We should do that again um, and get the win over a team that they absolutely despise and want to um, put a win against. I mean, if so, they're waiting for a moment of clarity on the fact that rushing the ball works, this could be then... it. They've got bigger problems, you know. This could have been it. Next one. Yeah. Next one. It's uh, This is a great matchup here. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars at the oh, New York Jets. Sake. I mean, you've got to go Jets because they're the least worst. I think the, I don't think the Jets are that bad. I think the Jets have got issues that I've mentioned previously in the fact that there's no experience in the building. You've got rookie coaches, rookie head coaches, rookie yep. coordinators all over the bloody place. You've got a rookie quarterback with no one else in the building to give them any help, although... Um, you've obviously got uh, Joe Flacco. You're right. There yeah. isn't much experience in that building. I mean, I was thinking no. maybe Jamison Crowder might be like the oldest player I can think of <laughs> on that team, on either offense or defense. Uh, yeah, I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah, I am I'm, struggling to think, think of it. I mean, it used to be just Frank Gore you just pull out, but you know he's not there anymore. Mosley, so. TJ Mosley. Mosley, is TJ Mosley yeah. old? I feel like he should he be is. thirty. He is. But yeah. if, someone, if someone said, you know what, he's twenty three. Well, 25, I'd be like, well, okay. He's had a lot of injuries. So. Anyway, all right. So are you going for the Jets? Got nothing of anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all gone for the Jets, right? No one's gone for the Jags. There is an island for the Jags. Uh, that's you again, isn't it? Trying to pull some claw, claw back some point. <laughs> it's not me this time. It's not me. <laughs> it's Chiefs Mike. Hey, I told Chiefs you Mike has gone for the Jags. Good, it's a good job my predicting teams is better than my predicting who's yeah, exactly. picked who. Yeah, exactly. We don't know any of you. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Uh, okay, NFC East matchup. It is the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Giants aren't playing this week. They're, they've got a week off. So. Have they? Yeah, they're, they're done right? for the season. They're finished. Yeah. <laughs> Pack it up. Pack it up. Yep. Uh, well, unfortunately, they are playing this game, whether they want to or not, against the Eagles. So, who are you going for? Eagles. Eagles. Okay. Well, yeah. let's not drag it out. It's a sweep for the Eagles. Um, yeah. No one is touching that uh, that Giants. Train. I want to. I want to see. I want to see Jake from um, start that game. That yeah, um, they, so they should do. Um, I wasn't impressed who... with Jake from Georgia, but he no, seems well... to be right in his one drive. I mean, it was the end of the game and everything, but you know, he looked the, at least problem... half decent. The problem with Jake Fromm is it's all the off off the field stuff. So anyone who doesn't well, know, he's drafted in about who's drafted in about the second or third round by the Bills. I think it was probably third or fourth round actually. And like three or four days after the draft, um, loads of text messages were released by an ex girlfriend of his in which he was saying deflammatory stuff about various e- ethnic groups and. Uh, yeah. He was uh, very quickly dropped by the Bills. Um, a bit of PR on his side and doing various good pieces of work in the community and stuff, and he's back in the NFL. Um, I don't think... I think he's a guy who's probably overdrafted, and he was overdrafted in the third yeah. or fourth round. He, he reminds yeah, me a bit yeah. of Jake, Jacob Eason kind of a guy, which... Mm. But I think he's one of those guys where, do you know what, if you give him a shot, we know what Mike Glennon is. That, that's that's done, you know? That's a rerun that no one wants to see. Yes, that's very true. Stick, stick, Stick Jake from in there. You might just have the next Tom Brady. I mean, I doubt it. <laughs> I seriously doubt it. Mm, but throw him mm. in there. Why not? You know, he's exactly. he's a guy who had limited success in college. Um, his stats weren't awful. You know, he was all right. He can move a bit. 
um, just see what you got. You can only get a higher draft pick, I guess, and you're already picking fifth and sixth. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. It's a, a sweep for the Eagles on that one. Next game mm. is the NFC South matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Um, remember what I said about the cards? Yeah. Same thing with the, same thing with the Bucks. When you've had a paddle in, bet on the team that's been embarrassed going for the Bucks. All right. Uh, it's a sweep for the Bucks. So, yeah, the, the struggles continue in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not working out with Cam Newton on his return. So, nope. the LA Chargers are at the Houston Texans. <laughs> Chargers. Chargers taking an L, Houston taking a win. Hey, any, anyone who anyone who's in any playoffs or anything like that, put put Justin Herbert in as your starting quarterback. If if <laughs> yeah, if this is your playoff week, I'm in. I'm in the surprisingly in a semi final in one of my other teams in one of my other leagues, and I've got Justin Herbert, I believe. So yeah, he'll be my starting quarterback. Okay. Uh, yeah, everyone's going for the Chargers. The okay. uh, the Chicago Bears are at the Seattle Seahawks. This might be the worst Seattle Seahawks team I've seen in mm. like a decade. Depleted, um, I think is the word. They're pants. And the thing is, they've got no cap space next season. I was doing my usual thing. Or first round it. pick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they've got no first round pick. Um, Giants have got their, uh, Jets have got their first round pick, haven't they, for Jamal Adams? Um, yep. Yeah, they've got so nothing. they pick an eighth I, at the moment. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I know this is going away from the predict- from the predictions that we should be making. Yeah, I make think, more predictions. I think Bobby Wagner moves next year. Mm-hmm. I think he moves to a different team next year because okay. he soaks up a lot of cap space. None of it's dead cap space either, so they can move him and retain all of his salary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they obviously get rid of um, uh, Sharpenny because he was a first-round pick that's taking up decent money at the moment. Um, yeah. I think Bobby Wagner moves, and I don't think he moves far. Moves to maybe live in somewhere around the Bay Area, maybe, but he definitely okay, moves. Okay. Definitely right. moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on this occasion, I am going to go... What did I go for? Uh, I don't think I can go with the Seahawks, so... Yeah, I'm going to go against the Seahawks, I think. Go for the, go Bears. For the Bears, yeah? In fact, who's who's at home? Who's at home? The Seahawks. Who's at home? See, I'm going Seahawks then. <laughs> the Bears, the Bears traveling that far. Yeah, that's that swayed me. I'm going aye, aye, aye. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Well, with you not picking the Bears, that means it's a sweep for the Seahawks in the picks. Yeah. So we're finding some consensus here. Let's see if we keep it going. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. So what was that? I didn't quite hear that. Sorry, did you say? Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs. Wow. Okay. I. This is one of those games where I feel I need not give a reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pittsburgh do play up to their teams, so I'm expecting yeah. a very good game from Pittsburgh. And yeah. yeah I, I hope that you play better than you did when you drew with the Lions. Yes. So, yeah, well, we play down to, to bad teams, play up to good teams. So yeah. it. Well, with you picking the Chiefs, that means it's one, two, three. It's four for the Chiefs. So. <laughs> Say I'm a homer every time, but I'm not picking my Steelers. Means I can't lose. Steelers win in real life, then uh, I'm just happy anyway. Uh, it dents the uh, the blow when uh, the Chiefs put forty on me. So next game, it's the AFC West matchup that we're all waiting for. This is the one I'm interested in. The this one is, that Chiefs might refer to as looking like it was betting on a bum fight. 
which is the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. He's got a point. For someone who was a Patriots fan three years ago, he talked a lot of trash. Um, He was never a Patriots fan. I'm obviously, obviously going to go for the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Okay. um... We've got got the biggest talent playing at quarterback for us this week, Drew Luck. He's the biggest young talent in the NFL that, you know... No, I can't even. Oh, well, you couldn't even finish the sentence, could you? No, I couldn't be bothered. It's worth too much effort to think of something interesting. Um, I'm just going to go for the Broncos because I don't like the Raiders. Okay, well, you're on an island, sir, because everyone else has gone for the Raiders. So, yeah. Mm. NFC East time, it's the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. And I believe Washington are taking their own heated benches to Dallas. <laughs> is that or is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard, by the way? It's petty, but they're doing it. So, yeah. It was only a couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, that, uh, was it Dallas? I think it might have been the Giants. No, it was the Giants. The Giants came to London to play at Wembley and bought their own toilet roll because (laughs) they didn't know if British toilet roll was the same as American toilet roll. Mm. (laughs) You can feel the freedom as you wipe. You feel the freedom, yeah. Uh, I am going to go for the Cowboys. I'm going to go for the Cowboys and no one else is mad enough to have gone the other way, yeah. Well, no, you're right. No one's don't, gone for the, uh, the Washington football team. Not Everyone's either. gone for the Cowboys. So, all right, we've found a lot of consensus as we, we've gone through the last ones. There's a Monday night game. There's only one at the moment, but you never know. It's the Miami Dolphins <laughs> at the New Orleans Saints. That's an interesting... The thing is, I don't think anyone would have... I, I think the Saints might be all right in that game. I think if they can just play sensible and not go behind early, I think there's a good chance that they might might have a chance. Um, there's a chance they've got a chance. There's a chance they've got a chance. New Orleans, New <laughs> That's Orleans not sounding very positive seed. there. No, New Orleans are the ninth seed in the NFC and Miami the 11th <laughs> seed in the AFC. So <laughs> technically the Saints should be the favourites, but I think everyone I else... I mean, the Vikings gone. are the 7th seed in the yeah, NFC. You, you raise a very good point. Um, <laughs> it was your point from earlier, so I'm glad I got no, your case on that. That's, that's why I was saying you're really <laughs> I'm basically agreeing with myself. Yeah. Um, I think everyone else would have gone for Miami. And as I'm top, I need to retain my lead. So it's a tactical Miami. <laughs> a tactical Miami. Well, unfortunately, Dave, you're right. And everyone has gone for the Dolphins to beat the Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Mama Saints. didn't raise no fall. Yeah. And also, it's not quite the, uh, the black hole it used to be in, in New Orleans. Yeah, they've lost, was it four home games this year? Only one, two so far. So, right, it's and true. That's what happens when <laughs> they've only won two home games. Yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you haven't got a decent quarterback, unfortunately. So, yeah. But no, some, some good work, some, some good good games this week. Some very good games. Um, some shite as well. Not going to lie. Um, a bit really disappointed yeah, about Broncos, the Packers versus Browns. Behave! <laughs> you know you're going to watch that. You're going to no, watch that with a semi not. all the way through it. <laughs> Derek Carr versus Drew Locke is what dreams are made of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, featuring Freddy Krueger. Yeah, <laughs> take me out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's it. Thank you very much, uh, Mike, for putting those picks in for us. It was a tough week. Came in at the last minute as well to uh, to do those. So yeah, um, those are the picks. That is week 16 ready to go. Um, Oh, also, if you aren't a Patreon yet, please become a Patreon at patreon.com slash final down. But there are a couple of videos that Punk and myself did uh, that are going to be 
available very soon on YouTube. So if you want to check out some of our um, videos that we've done for Patreon exclusive, um, which are now finally getting released out to the uh, the wider unwashed public, then uh, you'll be able to on YouTube. So you can check out Final Down on there. Um, there are two videos. The first one, I think, is the River City Relay uh, that Punk and myself dissected. The other one is the Immaculate Reception. So if you want to see me and Punk arguing about the Immaculate Reception, then make sure you check it out on YouTube at Final Down. Oh we'll also have a link to that. It was a catch. We'll, we'll put a link to it on um, our website, thefinaldown.com, uh, where, where you can also stream uh, this podcast. So, yeah, that's everything. that's everything. That's everything. Thank you very much, Dave, sure. for holding it down. Just the two of us. A lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I've had enough of that of Punk. I should have known you'd back him as well. So, no, listen, man. I have not seen the catch. No oh, one. Go and watch the video then. We, no bro- we broke it down. Catch. We broke it down no one very clearly. It was absolutely a catch. <laughs> so until until next week, guys. I've been Jim. That's been Dave. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>